Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Um, we're talking, we're doing a series on framing. Uh, in January, we did foundations, and this month we're doing framing. And I was thinking about framing, and, and it's interesting because, like in our house, we didn't realize this, but when we got there, um, we kind of found, discovered that the builder took a couple of shortcuts. So, like instead of two by fours, right, that's the framing standard, two by fours. Um, there's some rooms that have two by twos. Um, and they skimped on insulation, so those rooms tend to get a little cold or hot, depending on the season. And what's really exciting is our elect- electrical hardwiring in it. So there's a, a outlet in the kitchen, and it's where I like boil my water every morning, so it's you know consistent. And it has those, you know, on the outlets they have those little GFI switches that test and reset, you know, black and red buttons. Well, sometimes that outlet doesn't work. So at the beginning, when we first moved in and and that outlet didn't work on occasion, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. So I'm pushing the buttons. Nothing's happening. I check the breakers, right? Go in the garage, check the breakers. All the breakers are on. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with this outlet. Well, Reese, as he troubleshoots, he always is good at problem solving. So he figures out that that little test reset, the, the buttons for that are in the closet upstairs, (laughs) So we didn't figure that out for years, but now I've been trained appropriately that when that doesn't work, oh, I just go upstairs, yep, I'm all figured it out, but it doesn't make any sense. And so sometimes you don't know what's happening in in the framing until you move in, right? And if the framing, if the stuff in the framing isn't put together well, then you're going to have problems. I want to show you another quick video of some of the shortcuts people have taken in framing, and then we're going to look at what that looks like in our lives and the internal constructs in our own soul. So let's do this video one more, and then we'll talk about what this looks like for us. All right, we are on a phase inspection, pre-drywall, and I always pay attention to these joist hangers. You'll notice that there's two openings for fasteners, and there's two nails. Over here, though, they just, for whatever reason, put one. When I went into the garage, you know, all these matching joist hangers until I came to this one, it's not really vertically aligned, but I just laughed because there's literally like 45 uh, nails. The nuts on the anchor bolts are not fastened down in about five or six places. This is what it should look like. And then this is huge right here. This is a major, major deal. Uh, The sill plate off of the exterior door, it's not even resting on the slab. There's about an inch and a half gap uh, and it's kind of cantilevered hanging over the lip. (laughs) <laughs> right? How many of you are like, ooh, don't buy that one, right? That's like some bad, bad framing. And uh, today I want to talk, I know Reese has done a really good job in terms of framing that we want inside, things we want inside of us that are good and valuable and helpful. But I also want to do today a little bit of a, uh, the backside of that in terms of some internal framing constructs, mindsets that we might have that are not functional not healthy, right? So I'd invite you to flip over to Luke chapter 15. We're going to look at two constructs, internal constructs, that might reveal some dysfunctional, unhealthy perspectives. Uh, and, and when we have unhealthy, dis, dysfunctional perspectives, a lot of times we'll see that play out in our words and our decisions, 
So I want us to think about what this looks like for us. So in Luke chapter 15, um, you're going to read here about uh, the prodigal son. And this is in verses 11 to 32. And the first construct uh, that I want us to look at, that's an unhealthy construct, is with the younger son. And in this parable, Jesus is talking about a father who has two boys, younger son and older son. The younger son uh, says to his dad, hey, give me my share of the inheritance. Dad divides everything up. The younger son takes his, his share and says he goes away to a foreign country and squanders his inheritance in riotous living. Then when he ran out of money, there was also at the same time, it's convenient how these things work together. He ran out of money and there was a famine in the land at the same time. So he began to be hungry and he hired himself to a citizen in that country who sent him into the field to feed the pigs. As he's feeding the pigs, he's so hungry that he wishes he could eat the pig slop, right? Because he's so hungry. And then it says he comes to his senses. So I want us to look for just a moment at one construct that could be dysfunctional and unhealthy. And it's the younger son. The younger son has the idea, has a construct that wealth, pleasure, uh, uh, and partying are fantastic. And that's going to fulfill me and give things to me that I want, that I desire, that I crave. And the party scene, the pleasure scene. And also, I would say this as well. I call it the three piece party, pleasure, people. And the, and the son had this mindset. If I go away, if I get all this money and I go away from my father's house and I party it up, I get all kinds of weed, I get all kinds of booze, I get all kinds of, of porn, I get all kinds of, and surround myself. And the party scene, party and pleasure and people. All of that is going to fulfill me, going to sustain me, going to help me live a significant, purposeful, and very uh, uh, pumped up life. And I think for a lot of us in the room, we may have had a season in our life that was the party pleasure people scene. Anybody? Mm, you're like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but it's true. And for some of us online, we've had that, that perspective, that mindset. Um, and you've also probably come to the realization that it doesn't sustain. It doesn't fulfill. And what happens is we squander the inheritance. We squander the wealth. We live for pleasure. We live for parties. And you say, what does that mean with people? I want you to consider that this younger son joined himself to a citizen in that country. And the citizen sent him into the field to feed pigs. And it says when he wanted to eat the pig slop, no one would give him food. And what happens is if we have this mindset that people will feed us, people will uh, supply what we need, people will help us. Anybody ever find that that's not entirely accurate? All of us have had experiences where party, pleasure, and people that internal construct that says these things, if I build my life, if I do, if I pursue, if I go after these things, that that will be sustaining and fulfilling and purposeful in my life. This internal construct, it's like the house that got framed and was kind of tilted on the side 
And then pretty soon, after when everything falls apart, it falls apart. So that's one mental construct. But the second mental construct I want you to consider is the older son. Because he also has a perspective, internal hardwiring thinking. The younger son says, party, pleasure, people. The older son, and, and he has a different mindset, but it's also unhealthy and dysfunctional. And this is what happens. We know in the story, the younger son comes home, dad runs out, falls on his neck, kisses him, put a ring on his hands, robe, all that, sandals, all this, throw a party, you know, celebrate the younger son coming home, fatted calf, that whole thing, right? My son was dead, now he's alive, he's lost, now he's found. So the older son is out in the field, and he starts to make his way home, and he hears the sound of music and dancing. So he calls one of his little, the, it says literally like a little boy. He says, what's going on? And the little boy says to him, well, your little brother's home and your dad is throwing a party because he received him safe and sound. So it says the older son was angry and refused to go in. So he's got a mindset that he's outside of the house and he's separating and he's disconnecting himself. It says the father came to him and the older son said, Behold, I have served you all my life, and I never broke one of your commandments. So there's a sense of piety here and a righteous indignation. Your son squandered his inheritance with literally use the word prostitutes. So there, now there's a righteous indignation and there's comparison. I'm better than he is. And I, I've done all the right things. I'm deserving. Look at how, and you never gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. So there's this idea of comparison. And I'm just going to say, and this is kind of, you might get a little cranky on this and that's okay. So the younger son had the three Ps. P, P, P. The older son... <laughs> has a crap mentality. Comparison, righteous indignation, anger, and piety. Both of these mindsets, if we have them in our souls, in our hearts, family, the internal framing will not provide external fulfillment nor internal fulfillment. Both, both framings, both internal hardwirings will not give us the life that God has designed for us. Because the life that God has designed for us is not separate from God. The life that God has designed for us is integrated, connected, grounded, and internally wired, constructed, based on our Father's love for us. It's interesting with both boys. The younger son, the whole turning point for the entire scenario comes and happens when the younger son, it says he comes to his senses. And when he comes to his senses, he realizes at home, 
My father's servants have more than enough to eat, and I'm out here starving. I'll go home and tell my dad, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your servants. This is the turning point. And it's interesting because when the younger son comes home and he talks to his dad, this internal awareness also exposes the older son's mindset, dysfunction, and internal disconnect with his dad. And I want us to consider that at the end of this whole thing, the father wants each of us, no matter what we've done, no matter if we've done the party pleasure people choice, no matter if we've done the comparison, the righteous indignation, the anger, the piety, no matter which hardwiring, and you're like, well, I don't have all of that, or maybe, maybe I don't have that, but I bet you some of us, we have pieces and parts. There are pieces of me that I'll see somebody and I'll be like, yeah, they got what they deserved. They're living in the garbage. And I'll be better than them. It's interesting. The younger son was unworthy. The older son was overworthy. I more than deserve. But at the, at the, in the core of this, the core of this whole thing is both boys were disconnected from their dad. And the whole point, I remember growing up and thinking, why do we do this Jesus stuff? What's the whole point of Christianity? Is it so that we can get more money, have more success, be more prosperous, have da 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 da? What's the whole point of all this? And I always had this ring true in the very core of my soul. The point of all of this is a relationship with our creator, our heavenly father. And not based on what we do and our right up and all that. It's based on God's love for us. And if our actions, if our words, if our choices are framed on party pleasure, pleasure people, if are framed on all the religious, righteous, pious stuff, then we miss the Father's connection, the Father's design, and the Father's desire. The Father desires for each of us, the internal hardwiring, our framing on the inside, to be grounded, have our foundation, and to be built on the Father loving us. And not just from a mental check the, check the box, yeah, God loves us, okay, you too but that it absolutely defines our internal hardwiring, our thinking. And I think sometimes for us, that's hard to do, hard to see that take a reality, take that, that, that framing on the inside. But I think what would be important for us is to consider those times and seasons and experiences when we're living as the younger son, maybe when we're living, choosing as the older son, and let Holy Spirit go bing, 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 bing. You're kind of smooth, moving into that younger son framing. Oop, that's a little bit of the older son taking root. Come on, come on. Let's come back because the Father wants connection with us.
more than anything. And so the way the father connected with his younger son, he did it not only in hugging him and kissing him and running and meeting him and celebrating and partying and, and throwing a party. <laughs> you appreciate that the party that the younger son tried to experience outside of the family was never better than the one the father gave for him in the family. <laughs> and the people that he tried to connect to outside of the family never fed him, sustained him, embraced him like his own father. And so we see the father and what the father does is, is look, all that pleasure party people is never going to fulfill you near as much as what you have with me at home, at home with our father. But on the other side, how do we resolve? What does it look like for the older son? Because the problem with the older son is his perspective, his internal thinking. And I love what the father does with the older son. Because the older son does his C-R-A-P mentality, right? Comparison, righteous indignation, you know, anger and piety. But I like what the father says back to him. And remember, this son says, behold. That's the first word he says to his dad. First word that one says to his dad is father. So there's a disconnect inherently in the way they relate to their father. Behold, I, I have done Right? So that's his mindset. But the father, I think it's in verse 32. I love what he says. He says to him, son. He doesn't say anything like, oh, you know, you're, you're really messed up in your thinking. He calls him son because he level sets all of his own weird distortion and dysfunction. He says, son. And I love what he does. You are always with me. That boy, from his point of view, wasn't with his dad. He was out in the field. He was serving his dad. He wasn't home. He wasn't hanging out with the family. He was isolated and disconnected, detached because of his own choices. But the father's perspective says to him, son, you are always with me. Regardless of your thinking, I know and I want, and from my point of view, you are always with me. Whether you're highly righteous or unrighteous, you are always with me. And it's a change in the thinking. It's not based on what he does and what he doesn't do. The father says, you're always here. You're always with me. I always want you around. You are present and I'm here. We're together and you've always been with me. And then he says... Because remember, he does that, the, young, the older son says, oh, you never gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. And I love what the father says, everything I have is yours. It's a shift in the perspective. The, young, the older son says, I got shafted, you didn't give me enough, I'm deficient, I lack, there's a scarcity, and, and it's your fault because you never gave me, it's all I lack. And the father says, everything I have is yours. You have to change your perspective you think there's deficiency. You think there's lack. You think there's disconnection. But from the father's point of view, 
your heavenly father says that regardless of all your actions and your righteousness and all your right compliance and all this stuff, you're always with me because it's based on relationship, not on just your choices. It's my heart towards you. You're always with me. And the fact that you think that there's a lack and a deficiency and not enough and you live from a scarcity mindset needs to be changed because everything I have is yours. If we really thought that everything our heavenly father has is ours, holy buckets, that might change a few of our perspectives, our points of view. Everything, the creator of the universe, who is your father, who has everything, a sheep, cattle on a thousand hills, blah, 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 and it all is yours then how could we ever have a scarcity deficiency mindset? If everything God, God gives us everything we need, pertaining to righteousness, all the, if, if we understand the, the generosity, the abundance, <laughs> the goodness of God, we sing about it today. If we really understood that, then I doubt we'd ever go running out looking for play, pleasure party people because we'd know at home with our father, <laughs> there's no party better than with our father. There's no people out there better than with our father. We can't get all the things that we want that we think is out there. It's never better than what we have with him. It's never revolution. You'll never find an upgrade to the highest. Everything. And on this side, if we act like we don't belong and we have to earn and we have to do all the right things and, and make all, da, 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 then it's always based on us and not based on our Father. And so our Father asks us to change our perspective and to think with a mindset that you are God's beloved son, you are God's beloved daughter in whom he is well pleased. You get up and your heavenly father's like, yes, she's awake. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. He's up, his feet are on the ground. He's kind of a little bit sleepy, but man, he's up, I'm so excited. Your father celebrates you. You're not the outcast. You don't have to live detached and isolated. Your father's perspective says you are integrated, you belong. You don't earn it and you don't lose it because of who the father is. So in these two constructs, in these two mentalities, thinkings, mindsets, the three P's and the C-R-A-P, if we have some of those in our perspective, in our thinking, in our outlook, then I would suggest that our father wants us to make some adjustments. How could we make some adjustments? Well, here's a couple of takeaways. Number one, receive the father's affection, forgiveness, and restoration. Live in a connected identity. You know, receive the Father's affection. 
I love that when the younger son came home at a distance, the father sees him, runs to him, falls on his neck and kisses him. That's affection. And could we potentially see our father running to us, celebrating, falling, embracing, connecting, kissing us from that identity, connected identity. And for some of us, we're like, I don't know what that looks like. I can't get my head around it. I don't know. Then I would encourage you to potentially pray Romans 8, 16 over yourself. Maybe do like a three morning, noon, and night. Because it says the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's son, God's daughter. If you lack that identity, and this is number two, allow Holy Spirit to change your perspective and lead you into truth. There are times I know that, I, and I have prayed Romans eight sixteen, bear witness with my spirit, and and I'll I'll find Holy Spirit will do some of those bing bing bing. Hey Sarah, you're acting like a you're acting like you're disconnected, like you're you don't belong. You're acting like you're kind of a servant or an outcast. You're unworthy, or you're you know angry and frustrated. And Holy Spirit will let and I let Holy Spirit give me course corrections, lead me into truth, lead me in truth as well as into truth. Because there's some deception, not just in me. <laughs> I'll bet you there's a little bit of deception, possibly in you, right? Maybe. But it's worth considering. <laughs> and number three, choose to be reconciled. I am reconciled. God has reconciled me. I live in that state of existence. I am reconciled. And because I am reconciled, I can be a reconciler. From the state, the condition of being reconciled, then the people around me, I can be that with and for them as well. Because that older son didn't do anything to reconcile the younger son, he just criticized and he condemned. He was judgmental and hostile with him. The whole point of this is that we are reconcilers because we have been reconciled. And so let's live from that state, reconciled so that we can be and we embrace regardless of what they look like, regardless of the, if they're the three Ps, regardless if they're the C-R-A-P, that's okay because our Father still loves us and reaches out and runs to us. The end of this is always the chasing Father. The chasing Father who goes out to the reprobate and the chasing Father who goes out to the overrighteous and, and the self-pious guy. All of it is about the Father and the Father's love. So I'd like to ask you to take a moment and just put your hand on your heart. I want to pray for all of us in the room, all of us on, watching online. I want to pray that where, those, where we have some internal gaps, the framing, the internal framing is, woof, kind of leaning. <laughs> 
Maybe there's some disconnects from the house to the foundation. Whatever that those things look like, that we would let Holy Spirit work in our souls. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and you're present. I thank you for your work in our hearts. I pray for each of us. Romans 8, 16. That you would bear witness with the very core, the very center of each of us. That we're your son, we're your daughter, in whom you are well pleased. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in us connecting us and reconciling us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us, help us have the perspective to reconcile people around us to God's love. Thank you for working in our hearts, adjusting our perspective. For each of us who have a struggle in our perspective, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you work in us and help us to grow and to change. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one thing that I just want to point this out to you, and then I want to minister a verse. I was taking a walk yesterday, and uh, I was walking, it's kind of a familiar walk for me, I've done it, I don't know how many times, but as I was walking, it was interesting because I felt, and I, I kind of had my head down because I'm watching where I'm walking. You know, it's a little bit of snow and some ice in some places. and But I had this really interesting interruption, if you will. And I felt Holy Spirit say to me, Sarah, look up. I was like, what? Look up. What do you mean? It's not complicated. Look up. Okay, I'm looking up. And it was interesting because, you know, I kept wanting to like put my head down and watch where I'm walking. And I felt like Holy Spirit said, it's, it's, a, it's a sidewalk. It's all clean. There's nothing. You're not going to trip. And you've walked this before. It's not like you're walking in a new place. You could probably tell me where the cracks are already because you've already had your head buried down. Look up. Look up. Look up. And so I did. And the whole walk, I looked up. And I kept like doing this to my head. Look up. Uh, uh, uh. I'm sure the cards were like, what? She's a weirdo. But as I did, it very much helped me. And it put in my mind, look up. Stop looking around. Stop looking down. Look up. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up to the Father. Look up to the sky. Look up to the creator of the universe. Stop looking down. Stop looking around. Look up. And from that perspective, it helps you to walk with light, with life, with hope. And you go, oh yeah, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in the image of my creator. Ah, oh, I'm a daughter, I'm a son. Look up. So hopefully as you go throughout your week, hopefully Holy Spirit will remind you and you'll hear that. Hey, look up. Hey, hey, look up. Hey, Scott. Hey, Julie. Hey, Fred. Hey, Hillary. Hey, Bob. Look up. 
Look up, look up. Hey, Kathy, look up. Hey, Doug, look up. Look up, Carrie. Look up, Donna. Look up. Because as we look up, we're reflecting and embracing our father as his son, as his daughter. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.